You're listening to a 95BFM podcast. And on 95BFM, we are. Just had to recover my awareness briefly. Thank you to Ollie uh, for that one. And we are doing the week that was, uh, starting with some national news and then moving into the world of news that does exist outside the borders of Aotearoa. What have we got up first? We've got up, up first, we've got Green Party co-leader James Shaw has faced ongoing criticism over his handling of the Taranaki Green School grant. So this story has been in the news quite a bit. It seems to be uh, developing. It's It's been ongoing. Um, I think initially there was a bit of an outcry because people thought it was from the Education Fund uh, because it is an $11.7 million grant, I think. Uh, but it's actually from an infrastructure. So it's an infrastructure project. But Indeed, and that was acknowledged in a very lengthy apology issued by James Shaw uh, following uh, the kind of this news coming to light uh, which apparently a lot of the initial backlash that James Shaw received via social media via email uh, both personal and uh, professional uh, was based on this misconception uh, which perhaps makes this uh, issue slightly bigger than it could have been or should have been? I think so, yeah. It definitely was like leading the news for quite a while. I think the other thing I think that is causing criticism is that because of this project, it also blocked 44 other projects from going through. So I think the criticism shifted from originally being about education uh, funds to actually being, oh, well, you stopped these 44 projects coming in. So he's he's been on the back foot for most of the week. Um, there has even been former Greens and some current Greens that uh, are not very happy with this uh, yeah. and think it's not a very green thing yeah. from them. With people like Catherine Delahunty weighing in on this, uh, among others, there are plans uh, apparently for this uh, green school to develop into like a wider infrastructure project, which mm. perhaps could uh, put this project and issue into a bit of a better light um, but we're still yet to see that with a lot of other especially opposition uh, MPs and uh, people kind of calling for his head which perhaps may be yeah. a little unfair yeah Ju- Judith was quite stern on it Judith Collins sorry uh, she thinks he should have resigned already and said it was totally unacceptable but I mean you're a month out from election you're probably going to Exactly. say these sort of things aren't you exactly moving on and moving a bit further south in the country but further south and not as green on Sunday a large fire broke out in the Auraki Mount Cook area so this fire started when an unfortunate hunter knocked over his camp stove uh, and yes. Oscar you were saying he's actually in I, hospital I believe so that may, there is a hunter from this incident in hospital with uh being treated for burns, I believe. Whether it is the same person who is responsible for the camp stove, I'm unsure. But um, yeah, it's it's an interesting one in the winter, uh, especially where perhaps we're not so familiar with it being dry season and we're not so familiar with it being uh, like large bushfires. No, not at all. I think 3,500 hectares have burned so far. Uh, they do have the fire under control. Um, however, Firefighters are saying it could actually take months to properly extinguish because there's a lot of embers underground. Mm. And even though they had a good uh, dumping of snow this week, it is still burning. So yeah. that snow did really help them uh, to get it contained. But, yeah, another ongoing story. Indeed, one that kind of broke uh, towards the end of this week uh, in the last couple of days was around a cargo ship which was carrying uh, nearly 6,000 cows. 
Yeah, 6,000 cows and 43 people uh, as well. So that ship's actually gone missing in the East China Sea due to a typhoon. Uh, the Japanese Coast Guard are assisting uh, with the... Uh, Res- not research, relief efforts? Yeah, relief, yeah, relief efforts. efforts. Yep. That works. Uh, but it has been 48 hours since the alert was sent out. Uh, they have managed to pick up one survivor, which was actually the chef, yes. uh, and he said that sh- the ship lost engine in the st- uh, engine power in the storm and then capsized, Indeed. unfortunately. Yeah, so this is um, from the rains and winds, uh, the effect of Typhoon Masak, uh, which is the first one. Uh, and apparently there is a kind of secondary storm as well, which isn't aiding... Uh, the thing, the boat, the boat uh, left Napier uh, on its way to a, the port of Xintang uh, in Tangshan, China, uh, which is normally, I think, quite a routine journey. Uh, however, it kind of has called into question the place of live exports. Yeah, so I think the um, live exports were being reviewed, um, but because reviews take a long time live exports were still happening and i think were planned on happening until the review is done which was possibly next year um, but at the moment the ministry for primary industries has temporarily suspended uh, cattle livestock export applications um, however deputy prime minister winston peters said a complete halt on cattle exports in the future was not the answer Indeed. Mm. Uh, one last final national news piece for us uh, is a new poll uh, has kind of shown uh, another update uh, in the referendum around uh, cannabis uh, in the up running up, yeah, on the run in rather uh, to the election uh, that showed yes and no are both sitting at 49.5%. Yeah, so it could really not get closer, really. No. Um, I guess. The benefit of the election being moved is that people who are in support of these referendums will have more time to campaign and also educate. I think there's still yeah. quite a bit of education around these referendums that need to be sorted out because, you know, sometimes you just don't know. But it's important to note that Labour, the Greens and New Zealand First have said that they will follow through with the result of the referendum because it is important to note that the referendum is non-binding. So Indeed. even if we say yes um, or no, uh, the governments can decide to do whatever. But National hasn't said anything if they will follow through on the referendum. However, National has also told all of their MPs to vote no. So that probably gives you a bit of an inkling on how they're feeling with the referendum. Um, I'm yeah. thinking it's probably negative. Yeah. Um, in We've got a, just a bit of time for some final international uh, stories. Uh, we'll touch on uh, the poisoning uh, allegedly, uh, alleged poisoning of Alexei Navalny, but we'll start with uh, a case in Australia around Facebook. Yeah, well, Facebook is threatening to block Australians from sharing news. So a new law would require all media platforms in Australia to pay for news content, and it has been backed by all major media companies in Australia, but Facebook's not really coming to the party. Uh, so basically, Facebook is not adhering to one country's rules, and they're doing what they want because they're rich. Yes, uh, so this is kind of uh, a par- well, a bill that's been looking to be passed, uh, proposing a framework as you've said, where news media businesses and digital platforms uh, have the opportunity to negotiate uh, how they kind of display news to the Australian public and how people can share news. Uh, It's largely supported, as you said, uh, especially by, I think, smaller media companies as it kind of democratises how news is displayed on a platform and also, I guess, perhaps uh, goes some way into fact-checking the sources that 
do display news but it's an interesting one there and it will be interesting to see how that unfolds it will indeed uh now on to the uh well alleged poisoning but it may be not alleged anymore german authorities confirmed russian opposition leader alexei Navalny has been poisoned with novichok so uh, what happened was this has been also in the news for a while i think about two weeks ago, but Navalny is Putin's main opposition leader. Uh, he's been arrested multiple times for his opposition to the Putin regime, um, but his popularity has been growing. Um, and interesting to note that this is not the first uh, no. opponents of Putin to be poisoned. Um, definitely, probably the most notable was Alexander Litvinenko, uh, who actually died in 2006 when his tea had been poisoned, and allegedly that's what happened Indeed. with Navalny as well. Yeah, it's caused some interesting rifts around Europe uh, with the Belarusian uh, president and Prime Minister both coming out in support of the Russian PM, uh, and that kind of goes a long way uh, in kind of defining where Belarus is going as well. Um, and Germany have kind of proposed halting said uh, infrastructure projects and other projects with uh, with um, the Russian state at the moment but again uh, a lot to come in that regard Definitely. Uh, but we whether anything will actually be made of it is another issue now it wouldn't be the week that was if we didn't finish on with a bit of climate crisis uh, because Niwa has revealed that 2020 was New Zealand's warmest winter on record so that's I was going to say heartwarming, but that would be a bad pun. Yes, and it's um, very much, um, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people saw it. Like but it's, a lot it, of people here. felt it. That's the thing, you know, it is here. And it's, it has been warm. Yeah. Um, and it's been caused by subtropical winds, warmer than average seas, more sunshine, and of course, climate change. Indeed. Yeah, so it's here, people. Uh, but also important to know is that seven of the 10 warmest winters in New Zealand have actually occurred since 2000. So in the last 20 years, wow. seven. So there's some evidence yeah. there for you. And that brings us to the end of the show for today. That was a 95BFM podcast. To hear more, head to 95BFM.com slash bcasts.